What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Save Spear Podcast. This is Kevin, and I'm here again for episode seven with Dan. What's going on, everybody? Uh, today, we've got a fun one, uh, or at least we consider a fun one. Um, we're going to be talking about games that you went in knowing absolutely nothing about, but still enjoyed playing. And this one's going to be kind of exciting, because some of these games went on to being in my top ten of like all time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm pretty pumped about this one. Yeah, and there's three different tiers we're going to talk about. Games we played when we were younger, games that were recommended to us by friends, and games that we picked on a whim. And like always, we'll probably turn it into something else. But that's our starting point. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll rant about something for a while. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. Um. So I mean, I guess we can just jump right into it because I mean, we we kind of took some time before this and we kind of went through through a whole list and we did come up with a lot of games here. So we can just jump right into it. Um. So we'll start off with the category. You know, games that we played when we were younger. Uh, Kevin, do you have a do you have one? Do you want to rip off? Yeah, I'm not going to go in any particular order. I'm just going to start naming off ones. One of them for me was Spyro Ripto's Rage. And I know we talked about this on previous episodes, but I just have a lot of memories of spending a lot of hours in this game. And I think it sticked with me even more because when I went and replayed the remaster, I like blew through that game in like a day. It was so easy. <laughs> but I remember being so difficult when I first played it. However many years ago. Yeah, and I mean, it was a beautiful game for the time, right? And uh, yeah. so I, I knew about Spyro, right? Because I played the first Spyro. So I, like, I knew going into Ripto's Rage, it was going to be another Spyro game. And it was going to be going to be good. So how did, you end up, did you, how did you end up playing it? Was it just something that you had? Um, I, that you... I don't remember how I got it. I know I just picked it up and I was... Uh, maybe it came with the console that we got somehow because we got it used or whatever. But yeah. I remember Sonic was always trying to be like the cool Mario I thought Spyro was the cool Mario because I played Mario 64, but then I played Spyro. I'm not sure if they came out at similar times, but I liked Spyro so much more because it was similar and like it was non-linear. You couldn't go anywhere like in Mario 64, but I just loved all the little challenges with the orbs and then all the little, little boss fights and the level designs and all the abilities you get over time. You got stronger and stronger and stronger. It really appealed to me. Yeah. And it was a dragon, you know? Right. Yeah. How can, how can you really beat that? <laughs> um, you know, one of mine, this is like, this is kind of dating myself a little bit, I think. But, um, I mean, this is the N64 days, right? So this is when we first got the N64, I think it was like seven or eight when we got it. Um, and my brother was, you know, considerably older than me at the time, right? He was six years older than me. So he kind of knew what games were out and everything like that. So he bought a whole slew of them, right? Um, one of them right. neither of us knew about, and it was uh, Mystical Ninja starring Goemon, and it is like this weird, like I can't even explain it. Right, it, it, it almost seemed like a fever dream to me until like recently when I look when I saw like something on Facebook or something like that that reminded me of it, and I thought I made this game up in my head, and then I like huh. went through the entire Wikipedia page for it, right, and read all of it, and like it would it just unlocked so many weird memories for me. Um, but I remember being a kid, right, and not understanding what's going on because you play as like a you know, samurai who's got a pipe for a weapon, and it's like really, it's like in kind of like the the style of Wasn't like N sixty four Super Mario. 
what was that? Wasn't it like turn-based combat and some only sometimes? No, but I don't know. Where I, I don't know why I think I'm thinking that. It was it was it was strange because you could shift between all four characters when you unlocked them all, and you could just do it whenever. Right. Um, yeah. And then it also like broke into like different like there was dungeons and stuff like that, so it kind of played like old school Mario. Hmm. Um, there was this weird. Like it was like it, the game took place in like feudal Japan, right? But there was also right. like a mech battle for some reason in the middle of it that I remember. Um, it was it was a, it was a very strange game, and apparently right. huge in Japan still. They still have other like uh, Goemon. It's a Kona- Konami game, I think. It is, yeah. Right. And but Maybe that's the thing come is, back. I do. I hope, man. I like when I read through that Wikipedia <laughs> page. I remember that game being r- wicked fun. <laughs> yeah, I played it as well i don't remember when exactly it might have been an emulator or something later down the line but no no i was younger because i remember always getting lost i could never figure out what to do because back then there weren't like crazy guys or anything and i would just roam around i could never find this i never find the second battery for the robot guy the robot <laughs> that's guy all yeah. re- that's all i remember he was in the tree you had to go you had to give him the batteries for it and he was the best and character they, too he had kunai had powers too right Mm-hmm. Like, All the main f- guy had the pipe, and there was a girl that did something, right? She had a katana and green hair, I remember that. And right. then there was the, the fat ninja with the hammer. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who always looked like he was wearing underwear on his head. Uh, <laughs> and then the little robot guy with the, the kunai knives. But, like, the game was just so weird, right? And that's why yeah. I thought this was a fever dream forever. And then all of a sudden, like, I just remembered it the <laughs> other day. Um, but, again, like I said, apparently it's pretty big still in Japan because there's other games in that, in that, uh, the, the Mystical Ninja world, so. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Just not in America, so, like, I hope, I hope it kind of makes it come back. Yeah. All right. Um, another one for me. Let's see. I have a few, but I'm only going to pick a couple more. I, I'm going to go by the most memorable these are in like actually, I'm gonna say two because they're the kind of side to side, very similar playtime in both of them. Vector Man Two, and Earthworm Jim. Yeah, both well, of those, um, because it was kind of like a family game. Everyone just liked both of those games. I remember we, we all played both of them, like whether it was like my dad, my brothers, or my sister. Like we all just loved Vector Vector Man and Earthworm Jim. I remember Earthworm Jim specifically. Because, um, just the craziness of it. Like, the, the, there was a part where you had to put a, you had to put a cow on a catapult, would jump and shoot you up. And, like, I remember specifically adventuring around with tangling my head around wires and stuff and climbing around. Yeah. Never be either of them. Because the games are very hard back then. They are. They are super hard. <laughs> I tried, I tried playing Earthworm Jim on an emulator, like, recently. Um, super freaking hard. Still very, very yeah. hard. Um, but I, that, that, I, I'm glad that you brought Earthworm Jim up, because that's a, that's, that's an all-time favorite, man. That, that was, that's one that, like, they did it in such a unique style that it doesn't age. Yep. It's like, it's, it's, it's just timeless, right? It, you can look at it now, and it looks still pretty freaking good for, for the time it's out. Right. And there's this one track that really got me in the music called What the Heck? Is that it's when like, they, when you go to of, heck? It, it kind of sounds like Flight of the Bumblebee or something like. Yep, yep. Because yep. that's that's when you actually yeah. go to heck. Like that's, that's right. I was gonna bring up that part. Well, that's right. awesome. Oh yeah, when you go to heck. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, 
And Vector Man 2 was this also similar. There was a very strange game. These are games back then where they would just kind of drop you in and you just go. The story didn't really matter that much. You just progressed because it was fun to do so. And I remember Vector Man, you just drop from the sky. You just start shooting stuff. <laughs> it's like some kind of Metroid game where you're this weird guy made out of... I don't know what you're made out of. Vectors? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go look at a picture to refresh myself. I feel like he was balls. just a bunch of balls. Yeah, there's like, a bunch yeah, of balls. green balls. Yeah, there's a bunch of green balls for no reason. And then just venture around. It's similar to... Another one I'm going to mention, I guess, Rayman 2. I also played a lot of Rayman 2. I loved I just something about characters with floating limbs. <laughs> when I was younger, it was always the floating limb characters. But that's the thing is like those games were so wacky, right? And but like they were good. This was at the time when like people were like experimenting with like different game styles, right? And I think that's where Rayman came from. Like it was just like someone was like, "Hey man, I want to put this in a game. You know, let's 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 just try and rip this out." They weren't yeah. bogged down by. It was just by... cool art they came up with probably one day. Like, oh, this guy looks kind of neat. Let's make a whole game about him. It wasn't. It didn't have to be like an animal or anything. It was just some kind of original artwork, and they yeah. brought it to life. Let's just throw this guy in there. It's just like they weren't bogged down by like, like I mean, not saying anything about bad about games that are coming out nowadays, but the games yeah. that are coming out nowadays are they're all the like the same. But you know, like you can right. kind of tell what the plot of a game is going to be based on how the characters look. Like I'm um, playing. Um, sorry to interject. No, um, I'm playing a way out right now. It's that co-op game where like the Prison Break game. Yeah, and it it feels like a Naughty Dog game, even though it's not. I wouldn't. I couldn't say it's of worse quality. It's just it doesn't have the same finish. But it feels like you know you play two guys, third person, over the shoulder, a lot of cutscenes, very cinematic, and you just kind of traverse through the world. That's what a lot of games are now. It really is. And like back back then, you, you when you have games like Earthworm Jim or Vector Man or Rayman, it's just like this was someone that you know decided to make a game out of something and they didn't know they didn't it wasn't someone something with the intention to make it popular or huge or anything like that and that's what they that's what happened with them right because there was they they took risks they took chances on stuff um and everything nowadays has to follow like a very specific guideline before it can get released right is it cool enough do the characters look cool enough the thing about these games back then is they weren't even like indie games like sega made vector man yeah um made rayman again um, oh right, um, Ubisoft. Yeah, made Rayman. Yeah, so like big developers. It's not like they're indie. Like now, you can only get that if you play indie games, like something right. like Bloodstained or Hollow Knight. But yeah, yeah. another good so, one. That's three: Vector, <laughs> Earthworm, Rayman Two. All three at once. Another good one yeah. for me is a, a game called Mischief Makers. I don't remember much about it, but it was an N sixty four game. And the reason I remember this game is not... And I must have enjoyed it, right? Because of the story that I'm about to tell. So I don't remember much about this game. Besides the fact that you could throw things into, like people into fire and stuff like that. It was this really weird side-scrolling game. But I remember every like when I was younger... Like for every once a month, my, my, my mom would take me to Blockbuster Video... When Blockbuster Video was still a thing. And would let me rent a game. And for like six months... Every month, I picked Mischief Makers, so I must have loved the game, right? And I knew nothing about it. it. I just looked it up on images. It has some nice, captivating box art. Yeah, I remember it being super good. Very Saturday morning cartoonish. Yeah, 
But the thing is, I rented this game so much that there was one time that I rented it, and I plugged it into my N64, and it was my save file that was still on it. <laughs> it was like it was it was my name, it was everything about it. So it was just like it was. Like, so I must have loved that game, right? I don't remember anything about it, but I it like must have loved it. Um, I'll just go right into my 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 th- my third one here because I only have one more. Because um, this one's actually pretty pretty interesting too. Um, it was sort of the berserk for Sega Dreamcast, um, which was a game I knew absolutely nothing about. I think my brother knew absolutely nothing about, um, which is, for anyone listening who's familiar with uh, the Berserk series, um, it was basically a game based on that. Um, but I didn't even know that that was a series at the time, right? I, I didn't just, know it was that old. Yeah. No. <laughs> Berserk. Berserk's been around for, like, I think since the 80s, right? There's, like, 45 volumes out right now, and it's, like, the guys Whoa. are, like, super slow at getting them out. But whatever. It's it, They're art. They're wonderful, and I'll go into that in a second. But we just saw this as another Cloud Strife, right? It's this dude with a big sword, right, yeah. going around doing stuff. And me and my brother like Final Fantasy VII, so we're like, let's play this game with this dude with this big sword. Um, and I remember being super involved in it, right? And I was probably way too young to play the game because Guts is a, is a madman and he just, he, <laughs> like, it's just, it's a very, very violent game. Right. But I remember this being, like, Dark Souls before there was a Dark Souls, you know what I mean? It was super hard and huh. the reason why this game sticks out and the reason why, I, lo- I mean, I love this game. I played this all the time. But the reason that it sticks out the most is because this is the first game that I ever saw my brother break. He got so mad at the last boss that he pulled the disc out of the system, out of the Dreamcast, and snapped it in half. And I was heartbroken because I loved that game. <laughs> so I made my mom feel bad enough to go out and buy me a new copy of it, and he couldn't play it. Um, but what's funny is, like, again, I didn't know that was a series, right? for the longest time and now in my adult life now that I'm I'm, th- I'm 30 years old I started reading the manga for Berserk right and it's just funny because I remember that game so clearly and I'm like watching all these characters and actually their story development because I wasn't paying attention to that game back in the day you know now I, now I'm like reliving that that memory um but this is you know we're not talking about anime here or mangas but for anyone who hasn't read Berserk you should read Berserk because that that is it is it is art it is one of the most beautiful things I've ever read watching some videos right the graphics are impressive for sega dreamcast it was like a really good game for sega, sega dreamcast. dreamcast was a under it's a shame what happened to it because like i feel like sega dreamcast it had some awesome hits like that like great like action and rpgs there's another game i'm thinking of on dreamcast called silver it was a rpg it was very very final fantasy looking it had the pre-rendered backgrounds and the characters were had like this neo medieval kind of art style to it and i don't know if i remember that um it was like an action rpgs if mine's because i'm looking at sword of the brother it looks kind of similar yeah that was an underrated console for sure it was like i actually really liked the dreamcast and i and i kind of miss it like like i mean it it was innovational right like it was like you know nintendo has always been on top of the innovation game right they've always always come out with the next best thing but dreamcast like was the first thing to do like hey man we're gonna give you memory cards that are also like tamagotchis so like have fun with that man like and i I was all about that life nintendo was just a little bit better at that stuff yeah in the end and sega was almost like oh they're trying to do that as well they had like the same business model almost and that's the thing they got 
I don't know. I don't really know exactly what happened, but that's what that's my intuition tells me. Yeah, it was just that, that we just know that that was the last one, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I love that system, and I I remember all the games: Crazy Taxi, Jet Set oh, Radio. Freaking, what is it called? Oh yeah, that was a guy. I actually played a lot of that. Jet Set Radio Jet was Set a, Radio. such a good game. I mean, I um, knew what that game was going into it because I was a big rollerblader at the time. What? But oh, okay, I remember the Blue Stinger. Blue St- I remember that too. The yeah. di- the di- like it almost it was like a Resident Evil game except you were you fought dino like really alien dinosaur things. Mm-hmm. What a good system, man! Was, but the thing is, I was so young back then. I remember first of all, I remember that game was really scary because the thing the creatures looked so crazy. But it was I could just never figure out where to go in these games. Yeah, because well, I was just I couldn't look stuff up. I didn't know what to do. And, and that's also, it was also before, and the reason I like games back then too, right, is they, they are a lot harder in that aspect, right? So like, you look at Skyrim or you look at an open world game now, there's always a compass that shows you exactly where to go. And right. in those games, like, you just, you had no idea. Like, you were just kind of wandering yeah, aimlessly like, until you figured something out. I'm playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles right now on Switch, the remastered version, which I'm liking a lot, but it has that modern thing where okay, here's a dotted line on the map pointing exactly where you need to go, and here's a bunch of exclamation points on the way that you can stop and just get quests. Right. And like, Which I, is, it's very handy, but it never be, Like Final Fantasy VI, for instance, I'll go back to like that one, was you just had to figure it out. Yeah. And they, there's not that mystery anymore. And the thing is, I like that, right? I like that aspect of games, especially bigger games, like where it tells me yeah. exactly where to go. But it's it, it does feel like it's cheating, you know what I mean, to an extent. Like, I can be like, okay, well, I'll look at the map really quick. I can do this main quest, but I can also hit, like, these seven quests on the way back. Like, yeah. I like the exploration aspect of it. And that's why, I like, um, I'm you know, I'm playing Breath of the Wild again. And that's why I'm actually enjoying it this time is because I'm just finding stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing, there's no thing on the map that tells right. me I need to go here. And a lot of those older games balance that by making the game shorter. Like, all the Final Fantasy games are probably around 40 hours, if you were to just blow through it. Like, just do the main line. Now, like, Xenoblade, the base game, or Persona, which is a different gameplay style, but the base game is, like, 100 hours. <laughs> but yeah. you have to follow the path the whole time. So it's, I feel like dude, they end up just putting padding in just to make it longer. Yeah, no, Persona 5 is 120 hours long in my last right, playthrough yeah. of Persona 5 Royal, and it does not need to be 120 hours. Yeah. <laughs> there's right, so, there's right. so many like dry spots in that game, but that's actually yeah, going to come... Actually, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, that's going to come <laughs> up later. Uh, but yeah, and so this, that, that's it for games that I played when I was younger. Do you have any more? I, I have one more I have to talk about. <laughs> I don't remember what system it was on. It was called Balls. <laughs> B-A-L-L-Z. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to look this up. Balls, it's a fighting game. Why does this sound familiar? What was it for? Oh, I it have was, one more after this it was now. For, it was for the Super Nintendo Genesis. And it was called Balls because the characters were, again, like Vector Man or Ray Man. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was easy to design or something with what the capabilities had. All the characters were just like a bunch of balls stuck together and they just fight each other. That one and Primal Rage, but Balls much more because I thought it was like one of the first times it was when 3D was still like cool, like yeah. for the first time. And it was like, it was 3D graphics. I thought it was so cool that it was like this 3D fighter. And the I just remember when you lost, 
your character just all fell apart and the balls just flew everywhere. <laughs> that was it. Balls. <laughs> I, a I, lot of balls. Yeah, I vaguely remember that, but that did bring me to another one that I just I forgot about until now, which was Clay Fighter 64. Yeah, that's what this... No, this was? That's what, It was like a competitor, like... It was like the indie version of Clay Fighter. Yeah, because Clay Fighter 64 was a game that, my again, my brother bought for the N64 that I never, I didn't know what it was, you know what I mean? And, you know, we went into playing it, and I got super involved in it, and I loved all the characters, and I, we, we played that a lot, because you could unlock Boogerman at the end if you if you, if you you did all the, all the stuff right, <laughs> and, like, there's a, there's a voodoo guy that my mom hated because every time he was on screen he would throw he would throw a chicken and he would say cluck you um <laughs> and the first time my mom heard that she flipped out <laughs> um but like that, that that that's another game like right like it's a fighting game right i had no idea what it was and apparently there's other clay fighters right that's not the first one but yeah there's I, one on super nintendo i think yeah i went into it not knowing anything about it and loved that game hmm. yeah that game reminds me of the old celebrity deathmatch. Yeah, so, that's what Clay Fighters reminds me of. The way the characters move and and they were they were really interesting characters too, right? Like you know, I mean, it obviously Snowman, it was a very yeah, it was a very Scarecrow. satire <laughs> game, but all the character right. the character design was super good. Yeah, Santa Claus was a was a character you could be. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, I I I really really enjoyed that. Apparently, I just forgot and about it until you mentioned there's balls. More. Now that I'm like talking, there's more and more that keep popping up, but for the sake of time, we'll, we'll move on to our next tier of games. Yeah. Which is games that were recommended to us by friends. Yeah, um, I'll kick this one off because we just brought it up kind of before, um, which is Persona 5, uh, because you actually recommended that to me. Uh, like two years ago, because me and you obviously have been friends for a while, right? We we both like RPGs. Um, you know, we're both big Final Fantasy fans. And I remember we were playing Overwatch at the time, and you had just said to me on Overwatch, like, Dan, you should you should download Persona Five. It's a great JRPG. And I was like, you know what? I'm looking for a new one, right? I'll just download it. I knew nothing about Persona. I knew nothing about um, like what the game was going to be about i i knew it was by atlas that was the only thing i knew and i'll talk about atlas later um but i just downloaded it on a whim i paid for the full price full full game everything like that i downloaded it i played it and then i could not put that game down right it's one of the that is easily in my top 10 games of all time um like i said it's 120 hours for persona 5r right now um shouldn't be 120 hours because there's a lot of skippable scenes and uh there's kind of some very dry spots in it but the first time playing that it was like a whole i don't know it blew me away blew me absolutely away it reignited my love for gaming i think i'm having that trouble i tried to play i got royal just because say i pretty much had same exact thoughts as you i'm having trouble the second time through because it just feels like it just breaks into animes a lot yeah, but like I, the social the social part of anime, not the fighting part of anime. So I, I kind of fall asleep <laughs> trying to play through Royal just because I know what all I know what's happening. I just it's hard that to was replay a, it. It was a struggle through Royal because like you know I I just played Persona Five like the year before, so like I knew all the characters, I knew what was going to happen. Um, but 
I just fast forwarded through a lot of the scenes, right? Like I, I'm a big sucker for stories, but when I know what's going to happen, it's just like I know exactly what they're going to say here. So I, I had to end up fast forwarding. I still put 125 hours into it, right. um, and I'm on my second playthrough of my I'm on New Game Plus right now. Um, so <laughs> like, even though it's like slow, right? And sometimes it is still one of my favorite games of all time. And this is like I said, this is something that was recommended to me, and I knew absolutely zero about it. I was just like, you know, Kevin, Kevin has my best interests at heart, right? I'll just go download this game, and I ended up, I ended up loving it. <gasps> cool, yeah, that was definitely worth it, worth a playthrough, worth a find. Yeah, I don't know how I found that. I think I just. I'm always looking up game stuff. I listen to a ton of podcasts, so I'm always just getting all these games thrown at me. Yeah. And, and that one was really big to people, so. Oh, I mean, fun fun fact, too, about Persona 4. Um, it's probably coming to Steam soon. Oh, yeah? Hmm. yeah I heard the, that one was also very good. The, the, for, after I played... Um, Persona 5, I, I was looking it up, and Persona 4 is, is like, rated just a little bit higher, or Persona 4 Golden, um, right. and there was rumored that it was coming out on PC, and it was, like, all but confirmed today, uh, so we should probably start seeing that in the Steam library soon. Yeah. Um, mine is, my first one, is probably one of the first games that ever got recommended to me. That's Pokemon. And this is a very sad story. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> not 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 really, but it's a very sad story. Really. And I remember I was always late to getting like the newest cool thing. It's cuz I was always a didn't I wasn't poor, but I wasn't like didn't have money coming in all the time. So Pokémon cards started. Everyone had Pokémon cards and ripping each other off with Charizards and fake Charizards and all that. And at first, I got, like, the knockoff version of Pokemon cards. They were not, like, the trading card game. It was just cards with pictures of the Pokemon on them. But they didn't have, like, hit, hit points or anything. They were, But I had, like, a bunch of them. I got, like, a whole box. Like, I had thousands of them. But, like, no one cared <laughs> because they weren't <laughs> the real ones. And then eventually, I think I got my first booster pack of Pokemon cards and... And then uh, Christmas happened, and I got a bunch more Pokemon cards, like the real ones. Um, I don't know if... I think they were like hand-me-downs or whatever, because they seemed like they were kind of used already, but that's okay. I had a bunch of them. And I went into school after Christmas break and was like, hey, one of my friends, it's like, hey, check this out. I got an Articuno, finally. And he was like, oh, how'd you get it? And he was like all um, excited for me, and I showed him the card. He's like... Oh, I thought you meant in the game. It's like, what? What what game are you talking about? <laughs> and everyone, I, I looked up, it was like from a show, I looked up and every single person on the bus was playing Pokemon on their Game Boys. It was like, everyone got one. I don't know how I missed it. And I was like, well, what is that? Now it's a game too? <laughs> and it took me very, a long time until I finally got my own Game Boy. I think I actually got the game before the system. Somehow, <laughs> but that's like the only, that's all the only thing I had in my mind for like a year. It's like, I just, I want to play Pokemon. I got to play Pokemon. <laughs> and I finally did. Which one I got did my you own start Game Boy. With? I think blue. Just because that's the one I got. I don't know. Um, I didn't really hear there was much of a difference between them, except yellow. You have to start with Pikachu. And I remember... 
obviously, I was very enthralled in that game. I got very into it. But then I didn't. Be- I didn't become like a Pokemon kid after that one. I ca- they kind of just kept coming out, and I teetered off little by little until I stopped. I think I stopped after like Ruby and Sapphire, like playing it religiously. But yeah, yeah, a lot of memories of Pokemon. It was. I remember I got a Game Boy Color, the lime green one, for my birthday. And it was like, it gave me butterflies when I first opened up that Game Boy, put in that Pokemon game. It's like this is mine now. It felt great. Yo, that story made me feel some shit. I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, I remember when Pokemon first came out. I don't know why this happened. This is another thing. I'm gonna I, like Fever Dream is my new favorite thing to say because I like now that I'm 30 and I think about things that happened like more than 10 years ago and it, none of it makes sense. But um, when I was a kid, I was like seven when I think Pokemon came out, six or seven, something like that. Um, Game Freak did some kind of weird promotional thing where they selected a bunch of different, like, families in the U.S. and sent VHS tapes to their house explaining the world of Pokemon. And I was one of those kids, right? So I got this, um, this VHS, and it is the weirdest thing because I found it on YouTube. It is super hard to find, um, but I found it on YouTube and I watched it because I thought I was making this shit up, right? I was telling somebody about it one day and they didn't believe me, and I was like, no, this definitely happened. This was definitely a thing. And it's this weird, like, live action. There is no cartoons in it whatsoever. There is no Pokemon. It is nothing. Like, it is a weird live action thing of, like, a bunch of young adults playing the different characters, like Professor Oak wearing a lab coat, and, like, some guy named Ash, like, that literally says his name, and then Ash's teacher underneath his name, or is explaining, like, Pokemon, like, f- like physiology and stuff like that. It is the weirdest thing. Huh. But, like, that's, I mean, I so I knew about, you know, Pokemon going into it, but, like, that, that, is that's what brought me into that which is the strangest strangest freaking thing yeah. um i mean it's not nearly as an emotional story as as, <laughs> as the one that you just ripped out <laughs> um you know it's but just that's it's the thing weird. about video games like people say oh you're wasting your time but that like memory is always going to stay with me as a positive experience just like the waiting the anticipation and then you finally have it it's just like any other child like positive child memory that doesn't have to do with gaming it's still the same it evokes the same emotions Right. And I mean, like you, you were explaining that and like that actually made me feel something, you know what I mean? And like, cause I, like I resonate with that, right? That, that, yeah. that, that excitement as a kid, like, you know, getting that new game for the first time. Like I still, to this day, when I get like a new, like hard copy game, cause I, I prefer buying hard copy games. Yeah. Me too. I do this weird thing. I, I, when I open it up, cause I like the smell of the, 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 the new game. And I think it's the weirdest thing. And like my, my ex-girlfriend one time, she looked at me, she looked like I had three heads. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to do this every time <laughs> because like, it just brings me back to that. Right. It brings me back to that excitement from the, the, the PS one days. Yeah. That's one thing I missed. Like all the stuff that came in the box, like the booklet and all the, mm-hmm. sometimes little stickers or whatever, a big map. Like now it's literally just the game in the box. I really hope, we don't go to completely digital. I don't think next gen will do it, but I think after next gen PS six, I think it'll most likely go all digital. We'll probably see that. Yeah. Um, they're making more money off of digital, right? Cause you have games, right. places like GameStop you can't, that are, yeah, and you can't trade things. in. Yeah. Right. Um, but speaking of GameStop, it'll bring me to my second one. Um, because it, we talked about it in our in our most uh, inspirational games here, um, Mass Effect Two, 
and I actually have a tattoo of uh, of a Reaper on my arm um, because of how much I love this game. I hmm. was working at GameStop. Or I, I, no, this is prior to me working at GameStop. I was just going to GameStop every once in a while and hanging out there because I was a weird kid. Um, and the manager there actually gave me a job there because we got along really well. Um, and he actually recommended Mass Effect 2 to me. I was like, well, I've never heard of it. You know, he goes, well, did you ever play Knights of the Republic? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, it's the same, same people. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, you know, I'll give it a shot. I'm like, should I play Mass Effect 1 first? He goes, nah, play Mass Effect 2. <laughs> um, so I was Good like, suggestion. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, okay, dude. Like, I guess I'll do it. And I went, I went home. Uh, it, well, it's, what's funny is I went home that night, played it, loved it, right? Absolutely loved it. Loved all the characters, loved the world. I mean, I talked about this, you know, yeah. back and forth in one of our previous episodes, so I won't get too far into it. Um, but I went back to GameStop because I was so happy when I beat it to talk to this guy, this man, my manager at the time, or the, the, the manager of the GameStop was like, yo, dude, I, I can't thank you enough for recommending this game to me, right? It's, it's one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. He goes, yep. He goes, you passed the test. You want a job? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I started working at GameStop because and of that. started a nice lifelong career at GameStop. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I miss I miss working at GameStop because I could t- like the worst case scenario worst day is I talked to some weird kid about Skyrim for like four hours which happened right. one day uh, yeah that was awesome I've always wanted a job at GameStop I could never get in though yeah you like because the, the, I didn't I didn't hang out there <laughs> well that's the thing is you had to be like right you had to be there like that's I was like I talked to the manager once a week you know what I mean and then he finally gave me a job yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's that's you know I brought up that game you know in one of our last episodes, but I just think that's an important one for me because like I said, like it was something that I knew nothing about and it became one of my top five. Right. Um, you know, I, I it's with me forever because I physically have it tattooed on my arm. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, just that that one's a good one to me. All right, Star Fox Adventures on GameCube. Oh, good game. Yeah, this was probably honestly one of my favorite games on gamecube besides metroid prime that i talked about on another episode um i didn't even know it existed i was a star i played star fox on n64 it was i was all right but i didn't really like flying games that much so i kind of forgot about it but then i went over to a friend's house and he was playing this adventure game as fox with a cool staff running around and it looked like zelda but it was Star Fox. <laughs> and he let me borrow it. And I just remember I went right through it. I played it. I couldn't, like, when it was over, I was like, oh, crap. It's done. I already <laughs> played through it because time went by so fast. And um, I think it was a GameCube game. And I remember putting a lot of hours into that one, Star Fox Adventures. I don't really have any special stories about that one. Just that I, rem- I vividly remember memory in my brain when i think back to games recommended and that was one of them yeah i remember that game pretty 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 well too that was a that was a really fun game because it's the same thing like i mean i liked i liked star fox 64 because i actually do really like flying games but my favorite part about star fox 64 was the multiplayer um and you know me and my brother and or i would have friends over when we play that and there was uh, a special mode that you can unlock where you had rocket launchers and you weren't actually in the ship and you would could be Fox, Falco, Pippi, or or huh. I can't remember the rabbit's name. Pepper? No. That's wrong. Peppa. Um Pep what? Peppa Pig. Yeah. Um Peppa Pig. <laughs> 
but you could play as them like on the ground shooting each other with rocket launchers and like seeing them out of the ship was such a cool thing you know what i mean it was worth unlocking that and then having that game be foxes completely out of the ship the whole time was 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 really really interesting Hmm. Um, all right the last one that i have is going to be braid which is an indie game that was recommended to me by my buddy Levi. So shout out to Levi if you're listening. Um, I was I didn't have a PC for the longest time, so I was kind of out of date for a lot of PC games. So Braid had been out for a while at this point. But somehow no one had spoiled this game to me. No one had talked about this game to me. And it is one of the... It's like known as one of the Charmander. most... Charmander. I see Charmander's in it. In Braid? Yeah. I see a picture of Charmander. I, th- I think, I think, yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, but uh, I knew nothing about it, right? I knew it wasn't spoiled to me, but it's re- like known to be one of the one of the best indie games, right? It, it's really? like it's huh. like one of those games that like started started like the big indie movement. Um, and yo, what a what a masterpiece that game is! It is one of the most artistic games I've ever played. It is. Got one of the best stories in a side-scrolling game that you don't think has a story until the end. You know what I mean? Like, it is right. wonderful. And I will take this platform while we're rec- talking about games that we're rec- recommending to us to recommend it to you. Um, you should play Braid because it's... Yeah, it's I'm looking a- at the art style. It's really cool. I see, like, a Donkey Kong... Uh, image here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, do you remember that? It's like it has like the same exact the three tier levels, and you have to. There's like these little hedgehog things. Yep, yep. I know exactly what you're <laughs> talking like, about. It looks like it's from Donkey Kong. I do want to warn you though. Do not look up anything about the story in that game. Yeah, because I don't do that. There Anyways. is a there. Yeah, it is. The, I just why you need to just experience it as it is because it is. It, once it happens, and you'll know what I'm talking about when you get to it. It's just like right. Dang, dude. Um, but the whole premise is like you're. It's like a side-scrolling, like Mario game, right? But the the mechanic is you can rewind time. Ah, okay. Um, and there's a bunch of secrets in it. And one of the secrets, uh, my buddy Levi was telling me was, um, there's a platform that's like at the top of the stage in one of these levels, right? And if you're just running past it and you're just going to play the level, the platform stays completely still, right? But if you stand underneath it and you look at it, you notice that it's slowly moving to the right. If you jump up on that platform. And you wait four and a half hours for it to go all the way across the stage. You can unlock the secret in that level, which is bananas to me. The guy who figured that out right. must have been, a, you know, like, like oh, I wonder what this does, you know, and just sat there for four and a half freaking hours to unlock that, which is nuts to me. <laughs> all right, that's a, that's a stacked list of games that aren't always in like the spotlight, which is cool. Star Fox Adventures, Braid. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, and balls. I recommend that to big balls, big balls fan. Sort of you know? yeah. <laughs> um, so, so for sake of t- for the next one is games we picked up on a whim, and for these we sh- let's keep it to two each, just for okay. sake of time, because so we can talk about our special reveal on Friday. All right, absolutely. All right, so games picked on a whim. This one for me. Um, I think this was another gift game. I just oh, I got it one day. I think my parents got it for me. They say, oh, you'll probably like this. It looks like the kind of game you like, you know, 
little character jump around and run and shoot stuff. <laughs> it was called Metal Arms for I played it on GameCube, but I think it was cross platform. And it was like a three D platformer similar to like Spyro or that type um Ratchet and Ratchet and Clank. And you play it as a little robot named Metal Arms. And you could also ride tanks and stuff. And it was a lot like Ratchet and Clank where you could pick up different weapons and the whole thing you'd just venture through and it was just a quality game that I remember putting a lot of hours in even though it wasn't like a big popular game at the time. It wasn't your Spyro, it wasn't your Jack and Daxter, but it was made in the same era. And I remember there's this one part <laughs> there's these little like flea things that would jump on you and they would like get all over you and I had to put the controller down and like itch myself because the, <laughs> it just made me so itchy they were so well done the way they did it and that's why I really remember this game and um I remember being very difficult you know for a challenge you should definitely check that out metal arms yeah, it's all, rob- all robot stuff you're like a little robot and you fight big robots kind of yeah. like the movie robots <laughs> <laughs> Which is a masterpiece, by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> Underrated. Yep. I, uh, I I don't think I've ever actually heard of it, but I'm going to look into it definitely because I actually saw. Just I, why I like, you don't have to really. I wouldn't play it. It probably didn't age well. I yeah. assume. But just watch some videos of it. It's, it's yeah, good. I like mech stuff, right? I like robot stuff, so I, that that'd be something I, I, I'd like to see. You know. Um. So, my first one here, and I'm gonna kind of. Just a brief, a brief story about it, right? So, um, when Xbox 360 was uh, a thing, um, I amassed a collection of over 210 games because I was working at GameStop at the time, so I would buy a lot of games when they were coming in for cheap, and then I also, like, I don't know, wanted the biggest collection in the world, so I was buying games off of people for, like, 3 $4 a rip, and I didn't even, like, I was buying, like, boxes of games off of a craigslist that were super cheap there were just a bunch of random games thrown in there so i didn't even knew know what i had at one point in time it was like six months into having this collection i had like you know at this point probably like 180 games right all sitting on my shelf all you know alphabetized and everything like that and i was just like you know i want a new game to play and this is how i found both of these right so i had already owned these at this point the first one is near um not the new near that i can't say the second word of that uh automata automata or is it automata Automata? I thought it was Automata. It sounds yeah. better that way. Anyways, the first Nier is an amazing game. And it is, like, I didn't know what it was about, right? Um, apparently, it's a spiritual successor to Drakengard, or it is an actual sequel to Drakengard, if it's, like, one of the... Oh, like, really? The, it's, it's a sequel to Drakengard if it's, like, one of the seven endings that you... So this is what's weird about the Nier storyline, right? So Nier is based off of one of the endings in Drakengard. Like, if, if it ended the non-canon ending way, it would lead into Nier. And then <sighs> Nier's, one of Nier's 16 endings leads into Nier Automata. No way, what? Yeah, so it's... It, Nier, it, it's a totally different game. It's like, a totally different even... game. But, like, that's where the story goes, right? So it's like, it just, it just, it, that's, like, it's weird. It, the timeline's super I'm weird. Int- I want to look into that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's lore. a, it's a, it's a really cool, really cool lore. But the reason I like Nier so much is because I knew, like I said, I knew nothing about it, right? And you play it, and like the my first initial reaction of this game was like, this is like an adult Legend of Zelda, right? You're just this 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 guy running around. The biggest part of that game was the music. Like the music was so well done. 
um, and it was beautiful. Like I, I still listen to the there's a there's a there's a planes song that plays when you run out in the the, the planes in the open field. Uh, like I just type into Google near, near field music, and it is one of the best tracks I've ever played huh. in, in any any game I've ever played. Plus, it was just fun. It was a fun game. It was a fantastic story. Um, it combined like steampunk aesthetics with fantasy, um, like really, really, really well. Um, huh. All the characters were super interesting. One of the main characters was a was a transgender um, character, and she it never it never announced the fact that she was transgender. You just found out in like a like a diary entry at some point in time. But that was like one of the first games. Or like first th- things of media that really did that, right? They had this character in there, and they never really—they just didn't, you know, like whatever. That's just her, man. We're right. not going to make a big deal about it. Um, and I just think that that was just—it was so well done. It was—it was just they handled everything really well with that game. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 that's, that's that, that was what I played that on a freaking whim. PS two game or PS three game? I think it was PS three and Xbox three sixty. I'm looking at gameplay. The graphics actually are. I might. I might be able. To, <laughs> I'm seeing if like maybe I go back and because for whatever reason, I think because the IGN review gave it a seven out of ten. I was like, oh, I'll skip that and move on to something else. Um. But I really love near automata or automata, so I well, I'm curious to see how it leads into that. I I wouldn't know to be honest with you because like I said there's like 16 different endings in that game. It does game. like actually now that I look at it, it does look it does play a lot like it. Yeah, and it's got this similar a similar aesthetic to it, right? So it's yeah. like that weird steampunk vibe to it. Um, but like one of the one of the other main characters that joins your party is Emil, and he's the one with the big big round head with the teeth and the eyes, right? And they pop up all over near uh, near Automata. Um, so it's just, it's just it's it's funny how it works, right? And I, like I said, I didn't even know it was near was a was a sequel to Drakengard. Um, never would have known that. I beat that whole game, right? Never saw one thing about Drakengard. But the whole was theory, that a PS2 game. Drakengard was a PS2 game, okay. but the I whole totally thing is like that. one of the seven endings of Drakengard is they there's they're fighting a dragon, right? And the only way that they can get rid of this dragon is that they open up a portal, and when they open up the portal and launch the dragon through, it's New York City. Uh, that the dragon goes through, and when it rots and dies, that's what causes like the the disease and stuff like that. Near, it's really oh, fucking wow. weird. It's really it, like it's <laughs> it's a stretch, but like it's an actual timeline for those games. Interesting. It looks really good. I'm watching like footage now, like the textures of it actually look very for PS3. No, oh, yeah. So, like I said, super good game, man. Super underrated. Like uh, I again played it on a whim. Like didn't even know. I think I bought it for three bucks. Never played huh. it. Plugged it in my system. I was like, this is worth that three dollars. Holy shit! Like people are saying really highly. Like it's like a work. One of the best works of art they've ever played. Like whoa, really? Yeah. <laughs> Dang. I was I was considering getting another one of the characters from that game tattooed on me, uh, which is like the book that you roll around with. There's a book called Gr- Grimoire Vice. Yeah, I saw um, that. He's a spell book, right? And he's just yeah. dope. He's a dope character. Um, but I'll just quickly say my second one because I don't really have a lot to say about it. It's just another one that was sitting on my shelf, which is Bayonetta, which is a phenomenal mm-hmm. game. Um, again, another game that was just sitting on my shelf for months, and I played it on a whim, and it was just mad fun. Great. I still need to play Bayonetta 2. So do I. I haven't played I that yet. It, I, I heard it was even better. So 
I have to I, be in the right mood for that kind of game, though. I like have to be ready for it. Like it's bombastic action for twelve hours straight. <laughs> right. You, you play like I, the reason I like Bayonetta one so much is because you just play like this this kind of just over sexualized like witch lady who has these magic powers that punches shit with her hair and then you drive yeah. up on a motorcycle and punch God in the face and it's just yeah. like what <laughs> <laughs> I like the story though it has a good story to it yeah my uh game I picked on a whim another heartfelt story <laughs> Golden Sun on the Game Boy Advance this is a console seller for me um Pretty much because I really just wanted the Game Boy Advance. I didn't really know, and I just picked. I kind of just like, oh, I think there's an RPG called Golden Sun. I really want. I'm gonna pick that. And it was my birthday. I was very young, like maybe ten. And my parents didn't have enough money for the Game Boy Advance, and I was like really sad because I really wanted to get it for my birthday. But then I think my brother and sister, my whole family, like all combined money, and I traded some stuff in to get enough to get the Game Boy Advance and Golden Sun. And I remember holding that thing in my hands. It was probably one of the best feelings of my life, along with the Game Boy Color. <laughs> because back then, I didn't have my own console. I would just play what my brothers had. And I, this was like my own thing. I finally had it. And the Game Boy Advance looked so good. And the graphics were so amazing for a handheld. And Golden Sun really pushed... I feel like it pushed the console to its limit. The graphics on it for our Game Boy Advance were so good. It was like almost a full 3d looking game on a game boy advance and it was very final fantasy themed, which i loved um had the four party members and you could one of the only other games besides final fantasy where you could summon like entities to come and do attacks for you and i remember i played the hell out of that game i put a ton of hours into it and i had it with me all the time and that started a big era for me of the game boy advance which is one of my favorite consoles of all time Golden Sun. Yeah, a Game Boy Advance was a really nice system, right? And it had a lot of really good good titles for it. But Golden Sun, I tried playing the DS version of it and I played it for about an hour and I just I couldn't I couldn't get into it. Yeah, it's definitely one like it's only good if you played it when it first came out in the Game Boy Advance just because it it was amazing seeing that on a Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Because of the the just the way it looked, they're actually pull it looks so good for a Game Boy in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I tried to go back and play it too. It's just, it's just not a lot of games age well. I feel. Yeah, which even, is super even upsetting. Really going, like, yeah, because I missed that era of this whole episode of just because now with the internet and podcasts and YouTube, like I'm really excited for The Last of Us Part Two, but they've revealed so much already. I already know, you know, I've seen so much. But I yeah. tried to restrain myself just from watching it. But um, a better example would be, it's like a recent game that came. Red, no, no, and I no. Rockstar is good at not revealing anything really as well. Um, Final Fantasy VII, I held yeah. back. Probably. I don't know, but I feel I like mean, games they, nowadays they do you just give away see a lot. so much. Yeah, whereas right. like back then you just, oh, I wonder what this is cool box art, and then it's just amazing experience. And it's like um, uh, God of War is a good example of that, right? When you were trying yeah. God of War 4, I knew we knew everything about God of War 4 going into it, right? It was Norse, we're going to deal with Loki, we're going to deal with Thor, we're going to deal with um, you know all the all the Norse right. gods. It's it's no longer Greek because he already killed all of them. And Assassin's they gave away a Creed. lot of it. 
as well. Yep. They do that. They just show you everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I miss I miss the days of like just kind of playing yep. playing them on a whim. I mean, I just don't pay attention to stuff anymore, and that's how I that's how I find good games. Yeah. That I'm like, I didn't know anything about this. Um. But yeah, I I I, I see where you're going with that. Speaking of that, this week on Friday we're streaming a game a week, pretty much. Well, a diff not a game a week. It may be the same game, but we're streaming every Friday, mm-hmm. just a game, a multiplayer game usually. And this week we're gonna be we're gonna see how I think how far we get in the ma- in the Halo series. We're, we're gonna start from Halo Reach, play through it on Legendary, and see if we can get the whole Master Chief Collection throughout. I don't know the next. Who knows how long it'll take? Yeah. <laughs> but and we're doing we're doing it chronologically, right? Yeah. So like, reach. Um, are we gonna play ODST? Is ODST in the Master Chief Collection? I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't mind skipping it. Yeah. Just just for pacing, you know. Just yeah. Stick with the me. There's no reason to play something that we're not gonna like as much. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm excited though. Reach is uh, reach is I'm one honestly, of the best Halos. I'm honestly, I'm excited just to finish Halo Reach just to get the Halo One personally. Yeah. Because that's one of the games I what I would put on this list as a game that just came into nowhere. My brother brought home an Xbox one day with Halo. I was like, "What? What is this?" And I remember I didn't do any of my homework that night, <laughs> and I was really nervous the next day. <laughs> that was like the first time I ever didn't do my homework, and that started a whole era of perfunctory <laughs> in school. <laughs> it was because of Halo. Yeah, yeah. Video games definitely, uh, definitely caused me not to be good in school at all. That didn't just start with Halo either, man. I was, that, that was, I was, yeah. I was, I was hiding, hiding the, the the Game Boy underneath my pillow when I was going to bed at night, so I could stay up all night and play fucking. Uh, I do, I do have a in Spanish class once, um, which I should probably wish I didn't do because I work with a lot of Spanish population nowadays. It would have been handy to know more Spanish, um. I brought my Game Boy, and I for like half of a quarter, I just played Mario Super Mario World on my Game Boy SP <laughs> at my desk in eighth grade. But How you know never what? Catch you? <laughs> I don't know. I think because I was a good kid, I didn't like mess around. So no, like I, no one ever bothered me, and I actually did do well in school. I just didn't pay attention all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I for me, I'm opposite. I think video games actually help me stay focused. Be- because like I think we said this before, for you it was um like a release, but for me it's kinda like I need them. It like zone it kinda I don't need them, but it like zones me in on a task yeah. and then I can keep working after that. Yeah, and I, I yeah, that is that like that is I think that is like the big difference between a lot of gamers, right? There's either the people that that that, that it helps focus, and then there are people that it doesn't. And I will be yeah. the first one to admit that I shut everything down when I play video mm-hmm. games. Like my brain goes, like I'm in that world now. I'm completely immersed. Right. I I wish I could. I can't do that anymore. I used to be able to do that way better, but now I have trouble. There's just always so much that's going on. I just. I have trouble sitting down and like enjoying a story in a game, which yeah. is why I've, I've been playing a lot more like competitive or like quick games. That's why I like the Switch so much. I can just turn it on and turn it off at any time. Did you uh, have but, you downloaded League again? Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> I knew this it, time. but it's it's post retirement, so. Yeah, yeah, we we all knew it. Everyone, everyone that's listening to this, that's why. That's but why I think I, I think I finally, I think I finally beat the cycle of rage. I have not tilted since I've been back. 
And I don't think I ever will again. I think I finally moved on from tilting in that game. Because that's how I would get phys- I would get very angry. But I've uh, actually been reading a lot about stoicism. And I've been applying it to the game. Which is interesting because it's like, like this legendary philosophical way of life. From like hundreds of years ago, I'm applying to a video game. And it actually is working. It's keeping me chill. And I can just keep going through it. And Yeah. And I don't get hooked, and I don't play for. I won't stay up till four a.m. playing anymore in a rage. So, yeah, I think I'm I... in a healthy relationship with League. <laughs> so I just stay up till four in the morning playing whatever I'm playing. I, I don't. Right. I, I just can't stop myself. Right when I yeah. when I get immersed into something, like I keep going. When Final Fantasy VII first came out, and I, I took. I thank God I took the next day off of work because I ended up playing it <laughs> until I think like five in the morning the first night, and without even realizing it. Like I started like. Yeah, I live in a, I'm in a I'm in a basement right now, and I started I started like seeing the sun like rising out, out of that little basement window, and I was like, yikes! All right, I got I gotta I think, go to bed. I don't know if I want. I know what, I'll tell a story now. Final Fantasy X. Um, one of our buddies, um, one of our buddies, let uh, I, he, no, he didn't let me borrow it. He left it at my house for whatever reason, and his PS2. I didn't have either, and as soon as he well, I didn't even. We didn't know he left it. No. Okay. So what happened is he left at the house. Just I don't. Even, I don't even remember. Neither of us remember how. But I went upstairs like, oh crap! He left his PS2 here and game. I started playing it. I didn't stop until <laughs> it was like 5 p.m. that night. I didn't stop till 5 p.m. the next day, and I almost beat the game. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Did he come back and get his PS2? Is that why you stopped? Yeah. <laughs> I still have never beaten Final Fantasy 10. I will someday. I, uh, yeah, I just tried playing it again recently, and I got stuck on one of the last bosses, and I gave up. It's one of, yeah. the, one of the very few Final Fantasy games that I haven't beaten, because Lady Unaleska is one of the hardest bosses. That one, Final Fantasy X was one of the harder ones, for sure. Yeah. Because, like, sure. you, fight, you fight Seymour on the mountain, and that's a really hard fight, and then you fight Lady <sighs> Unaleska right afterwards, and she is a nightmare, because she has, like, three different stages. Right. Yeah, well, this is episode seven. Yeah, it was a fun one too. I really enjoyed yeah. the, uh, the 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 topic of this. If you want more of our juicy content, stop by Friday at eight nine, and or any time on Friday night, we'll be playing Halo Reach on Legendary. Yeah. Um, I actually am assuming it's going to be easier because it was made for console, and we're going to be playing with keyboard and mouse. So we'll, I I wonder how hard of a time we'll actually have, but. We'll see. Maybe I'll have to eat my shoes on that one. Yeah, it, it's gonna be fun, but it, you know, you're gonna see a see a grown man rage a couple of times because <laughs> I remember how angry Halo makes me sometimes. So. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be fun though. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. See you later, guys. See you.